met Jess when she moved to St Michael's and was the really cool girl who had friends in the older year level. She's extremely charismatic and she's coming with me to New York and she's going to tell a story at the Backyard Stories in New York, so I'm very excited to have her here as well. Come on through. never been more nervous for something in my life. My God. Um, so I usually only write about sad things. Um, so this was a prompt from Claude to actually try something a bit different. So I have no idea how it's going to land, but I'm going to go with it anyway. Um, it's called Leaving the Jungle. I've always been envious of those who fall in love quickly. Shamefully, it is not without questioning their judgment or emotional intellect, as my very green soaked brain jumps to suspicion and cynicism. I think I'm already falling in love with them, someone will say. I smile, but my brow furrows. How can you love someone you've known for a month or claim to really know someone without knowing them for years, I'd think. Although intrinsically happy for said person who says that Jordan, who asked for their number at a cafe three weeks ago, is the love of their life, my self-pity and ultimate burning desire to be in the same quick-to-know, intimate kind of love would make me question the validity of someone else's. I understand that that's really cheap of me. I do wish I was a better person. But I just never understood the concept of love at first sight when I believed that love was to know so much more than just an exchange of eye contact and energy. I don't know, this person says. They say, when you know, you know. Another statement that always confused me, prefacing a vow of knowingness with I don't know. And who is they? And who are they to have the universal authority on knowing, on love? And why wasn't I they yet? <laughs> Although I tried to denounce any need for a partner, often, very often, proclaiming my strength and independence, I must admit that I just enjoy sharing my life with someone. I enjoy the intimacy that exists in the absence of words with another who knows and accepts you so inherently and you them. Of course, the two are not mutually exclusive. I know I can be both independent and strong and still have desire for a partner. And I, I really was, I was putting myself out there. I was really open to trying, but I was, I was getting sick of swiping through the apps and, and sick of the brief uh, surface level intimacy that came and went with the transient flippant nature of dating. Of course, who could blame me? I'd been out in the jungle for most of the year. The last guy I dated, for example, pursued me so aggressively that I felt like a flailing gazelle being hunted by a cheetah. My friends and I knew him back in high school and I hadn't personally seen him for over 10 years when out of literally nowhere, he showered me with compliments, promises of future plans and grand gestures of adoration. A bomb of the love variety, no less. Don't worry, I knew what was going on. Relationship books and podcasts are my toxic trait. <laughs> but even though I was fully aware of it, my craving for emotional intimacy just guided me, gently leaning into the experience and hoping for the best. Plus, who am I to judge that this might not be the one? I never want to have regrets, you know, even, even if that means walking face first into the fine, fine specks of a love bomb shrapnel. He was an interesting guy. A little bit odd, perhaps, but I could see he was deeply sensitive and I found his views on the world and forward nature somewhat charming and endearing. We'd lay awake at night talking about our lives today in comparison to our teenage memories. 
He was very keen to tell me often that he was not the boy I knew in 2009. A time where we were all steeped in the depths of figuring out how to interact with those we got weird belly or private part feelings for. A time where as a young, straight, cis female, you were lost in a maze of what I now understand as true, true gender power dynamics at play. Our history together started as romantic as youthful gestures of romance could go. He had approached me on the Sandringham line from Windsor to Flinders Street Station and asked to take me to the movies on Valentine's Day. <laughs> Little Year 9 Jess could not believe she was being asked out by the cool, smooth, relatively dismissive Year 11 guy who called her hot. I remember I arrived at the Sun Theatre in Yarraville on time after putting my Maybelline Dream Matte Mousse foundation on in the wrong colour because it was a hand-me-down from my sister. In hindsight, it's actually a shame that that's been discontinued because it would have been good to use it my second shot at love with this one to protect myself from that face-first bomb detonation. Does anyone remember that shit? You could layer it on thick. I remember standing out the front, a little nervous, a lot excited, when he turned up with both a rose and his friend James. My naivety was cute. James is going to see the movie too, I thought. Cool, maybe he has a date waiting awkwardly out the front as well. But then we said our hellos and James was still there and then we got our popcorn and James was still there and then we got our seats and James was still there. Ah, oh, I understand. A romantic first date with the boys, I thought. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. I felt a punch to my gut, but I anxiously smiled instead. I was 14 and quickly learning the lay of the land. Cool girls don't show how they're really feeling, and this was my time to shine. I could feel my face going red. This was not the Valentine's Day I had imagined, but to be honest, I probably should have known that this was all going south by the simple fact that he took me to see he's just not that into you. <sighs> and that's a fact. <laughs> 13 years on, a DM slide, some reminiscent memories and good banter, and I was back in the palm of his hand. <laughs> a laugh for the memes, I thought. Why not? Hey, Jess, long time no speak, he slithered into the inbox of at Jay Safanis. Well, 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 I replied. 14-year-old me would be screaming, for what do I owe this pleasure? After weeks of hanging out and texting every day, telling me how much he's emotionally developed as we unpacked relationships and life, I was still apprehensive. That girl anxiously smiling out the front of the movies was somewhere still inside, fighting to protect the more developed woman lying in his presence. I'd say, hey, if this is all fun and games to you, that's cool, but just like let me know so I can set my expectations accordingly. To which he just kept telling me to trust him, that he wasn't the kid that brought his friends to dates anymore and that he really liked me. <laughs> it was short, but we jammed back to a lot of time together. Our mums were friends, so he told me he wouldn't fuck around on account of that. I didn't know, as they say that you know, but like, I was willing to try, seeing as our mums were friends. YOLO. I leant in, had some laughs, built up some kind of trust, shared some sensitive information with one another, and a day after one particularly vulnerable night, he ghosted me. A week later, I asked what was up and told him that although I was aware it was magpie season, I'd appreciate the heads up if he was gonna swoop. I'm a fully grown woman, I said, and you've kind of made me feel like the shiny new toy who isn't so shiny anymore. It's like not that deep, so if you're not feeling it, you can just tell me. Yes, bitch, I said to myself, cool girl is gone. Sheepishly, he eventually replied. 
All I could make out across three one-sentence texts was that he was sorry and that he'd been busy. Knowing that this was a pile of steaming hot summer pavement city, city dog shit, I, I said that this had been kind of weird but fun, um, but I suppose, but given his lack of communication skills that he so aptly wanted me to know that he had, I think I'm just going to call it here. I said, no hard feelings, have a great Christmas and I'll see you around. I pressed send and exhaled with rolling eyes, but also felt good in knowing that I deserved more. After years of dating and relationships, I'd finally started to understand my needs and my worth. This was good. I wasn't going to be played like a violin for one more day and he got an easy out. An hour later, <laughs> when I was shaking my heads with my girlfriends, shaking my head with my girlfriends, laughing at the hurricane that was this man who had abruptly left my life as quickly as he had entered it, he texted me. He's wrapping this up with a, thanks Jess, sorry for ghosting, that was shit of me, take care, I thought. God bless. I opened the phone to an unpunctuated essay that can be best summarised as, I think that your best friend is hot and it makes me feel bad to keep hanging out with you. To say I was confused was the understatement of the century. And like, to be clear, my best friend is like hot, like super hot and funny and smart and sexy and all the things. And the man is only human, but like he always knew we were friends and he always knew she was hot. Like, I, I just don't understand. He'd actually bumped into her the year before. Did he think getting closer to me would give him an in with her? Or was I just the easier choice on the Sunday he decided to DM me? Or in like totally oversharing and telling me that he thought she was hot, was he like, only thinking with his dick, which I know will surprise everybody here, but it's like pretty on brand for men. Wait, was I the idiot then? Like, I just like couldn't understand. Like, what was the point? He didn't have to go so hard. Like, I would have still gotten a drink. Might have still stayed the night if his intentions were just clear when I asked. He didn't have to do all the grandiose statements, the lime scooter to my house just to kiss me, the you're the girl of my dream shit, the our mums are friends thing. I mean, like, surely all that effort of pursuit was exhausting. Or do, do cheaters not get tired? Are we still really thriving off the chase in our late 20s? I'm for what? I'm way too old for games, I thought. Men need therapy, I also thought. <sighs> Cheetahs, lions, tigers or bears, whether it was the jungle or the circus, my love life was starting to feel like a one-woman shit show. I was quickly becoming my friend's favourite wine-night storyteller where the lols were loud and the shock factor high. <laughs> I'm glad my life can be entertainment for everybody else, I'd laugh to them, indulging in my own misfortune. This is character-building Jess, I try to remind myself. And look, it wasn't all drama and ghosting. I, I did, I met some really amazing people while I was on the apps and out in the wild. And even though they didn't work out romantically, I really am grateful for every experience and for meeting each, of, each one of them. Whether it was a one-park beer or a three-month thing, I'm grateful that they shared parts of themselves and allowed me to do so as well. Dating encourages you to meet new people, get vulnerable and expand your understanding of others. And of course, more importantly, expand the understanding of yourself. So like, it definitely be like Ariana and I definitely like thank you next, a few absolute legends. For example, before Hurricane Harry, let's call him Hurricane Harry, I dated like a very, very sweet, funny guy, but we kind of just fell out of whatever we were doing. Before that, it was the first time I really opened myself up to someone since my long-term relationship and, well, he actually ended up just not being who he said he was and that was kind of, kind of whack. But before that, I had a long-distance thing where we ended up realising that we were just better off at friend, as friends. 
When you know, you know, they say. Well, time after time and date after date, all I knew was that I definitely didn't know. <laughs> Nothing was sticking. Nothing felt right. Or when it appeared that it did, it came with questions or caveats or changed quicker than a thumb on a left swipe. And look, as much as I was craving an emotional connection with an intimate partner, I really did like being single. I live alone and enjoy my own space, my morning and night rituals and spending time with my friends. I believe that friendships are just, if not more important than romantic relationships, and I like to invest the time and effort into them accordingly. Being single allows you to do that on tap. There really is nothing like talking shit with the girls night after night, day after day, when all of you aren't tied to another human. There's this like single girl camaraderie that only the chicks will probably understand. But I loved being a part of the pack where we relished in dissecting if we knew or how we could figure out together if we didn't. Alas, as life happens, it was on a fateful girls' night that I met somebody. A night where I was least expecting it. B was a mutual friend of the girls I was having said girls' night with and had spontaneously joined along for the fun. As you can imagine, being 110% myself, it was girls' night, like I don't need a sense of what I say. And plus, this B person was my friend's friend and I was actually going on a date with a man that I'd met in the ocean the week before, so I felt like he was probs the one. No, like it was girls' night. Like truly, I, I don't think I shut up. Like I was tired and a bit hangry, so I was yapping about needing food and being grumpy and why is this natural wine $17 per glass? That's such a rod. And I'm a struggling actor, so I have no money, so I'm driving tonight because I need to save and I hate texting dudes for two weeks to then finally go on a date with them and find out they're a dad and I haven't had my period in years because I have the marina, so that's not going to be fun when it gets removed. And no, babe, I've never tried a butt plug, but they sound interesting and my mum died a year ago, so it's been a bit fucked and I agree, I've always wanted to hook up with a woman. And what time is it? I feel like I should be going on this date. <laughs> Bye, girls. Thanks for the chats. Bye, B. Nice to meet you, mate. I said as I platonically slapped him on the back on my exit, skipping off for my nightcap with the one. You can imagine my confusion when I woke up the next day to be asking me out on a date. Like, there's there's got to be something wrong with this man. Like, did he hear me last night? Like, I, I wasn't even drunk as an excuse. Maybe... Maybe, uh, maybe he wasn't listening, men don't often listen. Or did he actually like me for being me? Hmm, nah, that's us, shouldn't go on a date with him, he's probably not very bright. He went on to say that he was heading away for two weeks, but that he remembers I don't like texting for that long to then find out someone's a dud, so he'd contact me when he was back and if I was keen, he'd take me for dinner. Fuck, he was listening. Oh, I am so cringe. I think we need to bang all single men's from girls' night. Actually, when did that become that? Really, that was really fucking rogue of us. His two messages were already so smooth that I was intrigued to know more, partly to see if he was sane, but also a test to have better self-worth. If he really was interested in me just being me, then, like, why was I so confused by that? Do I really think that poorly of myself? There were the quintessential early signs of, it's going really well. We messaged every day with essays of questions to learn about one another, then progressed to three-hour phone calls and four-hour FaceTimes until he eventually got home and we went on our first date. I tried to go in with that same apprehension, with that same cool girl that anxiously smiles because a lot of my experience has taught me to be guarded. But with B, every time I went to question it all to protect myself, I just forgot. I didn't need to because all the parts of me that I've always found needed explaining were just already understood. 
All the testimonies I would make to try and prove things about myself were already seen straight through. All my flaws that I wanted to caveat at the beginning, to, to own with someone so that no one could throw them back at me, were already read and humanised and accepted. Falling in love can be difficult for someone like me who likes to think that they're in control of who affects them, but I knew two weeks in that I was fucked. I was completely taken by the experience, but in a way that felt fully conscious. Like, our very quick and, our, our quick and very deep understanding of one another felt like driving in a car with your hands in the air, foot on the gas, wind in the hair, as if a greater force or higher power was steering, but that force or power was still a part of me? I don't know. Against my former cynicism, cynicism and judgment, and in the more eloquent words of country music icon Carrie Underwood, in only four weeks, Jesus had well and truly taken the wheel. I just knew that I knew him, and it reminded me that the stressful start of dating and relationships is always a product of some kind of uncertainty. And with the right person, and with communication, that uncertainty just doesn't have the space to exist because I was certain of a lot of things. Certain that he was one of the funniest people I had ever met, and the smartest too. Certain that I didn't have to censor my feelings, thoughts, worries, or concerns, which for someone with generalized anxiety disorder, chronic pain, and a recently deceased mother is incredibly healing. Certain that I felt like a better version of myself in his presence, which probably wasn't hard given how he met me. Certain that I was fucking tired. I'm sure everyone can relate to this, but people who are falling in love just do not go to sleep. And you keep thinking that one of you will pull the other into line, but you just don't, because it's mutual. The need to roll around and be late for work as if we've never had responsibilities or care if we do. We go to sleep late and wake up early, talking, talking, laughing, talking, talking, fornicating, talking, laughing, talking, and literally staring into each other's eyes as if we've never seen another human before. And then maturity strikes. Well, what time is it? We decide to be adults who have jobs and need good hygiene. Oh shit, an hour's passed. Time is warped as I know it. He starts like putting his socks on and getting ready for the day. And then I like snap to and realize I've just been watching him like go about his morning routine. Like realize I am engrossed and full of a kind of gratitude for the very banal moments that like none of us take notice of. And then without realizing I just like, do, I do weird shit. Like I start, like, like I start right touching his face as he talks about what we should have for dinner, like just to check that he's real. It's like, Jess, stir fry. And I'm like, never liked the sound of stir fry more. Like it's some real Shakespeare shit. The man speaks of dinner and I feel like my heart is melting into my bones. The man speaks of dinner and I feel like every experience, every date, every heartbreak has led me to this moment. Fuck. Is this what it means to know? My brain tries to trick me. It's too good to be true. Plus, he'll probably change, change his mind on you soon or fall in love with your best friend when he sees how hot she is. <laughs> Plus, he's so smart, oh my god, and you literally don't know anything about fine art or politics. It's just like not gonna work, my brain tells me. You're too different. And we are different. B wears color, graphic tees with cool logos that reflect his bright personality and artistry. I wear like, all black and denim and sometimes pair it with a beige jacket and think that I'm adding a splash of colour to my look. B studied science and history using his brain and passions to make our world a cleaner, greener place and to have significant impact on the world he's going to leave behind. 
I studied acting and advertising using my brain to sell shit that people don't need and make people feel things they probably don't want to feel, which really, when you think about it, aren't they one and the same? He hates massages. I could be massaged at all times. He folds the corners of his pages. I use a bookmark. He's vegetarian. I'm Greek. <laughs> Yasu. Yet in all of our differences, nothing has made more sense to me. And so we do it again, and again, and again, and I survive my days on nothing but air, adrenaline, and the memory of the night before. Falling in love feels animalistic, instinctual, like you don't have a choice but to love this person, except there's no cheetah, no gazelle, no glare of the jungle. It's just all clear, like I've reached a new level of understanding, a new feeling, a new height. And although we can never be sure of what the future will hold because life throws curveballs and things change, for now, I know at the end of each day when our very tired bodies finally fall asleep, that there is a space between his chest and mine, a space where our foreheads touch and I soften that cynical, furrowed brow into his skin, into an unspoken trust where I just don't think or analyse or worry because if only for this moment, I finally realise what it means to just know. Thank you.